everyone, welcome to Bookversations. We're your hosts, Sayed. And I'm Mahmouda. Join us as we have conversations inspired by books. This episode's conversation is inspired by Devon Franklin and Megan Good's The Weight, a powerful practice for finding the love of your life and the life you love. Oof. So tell us what the book is about, Sayed. So the book is about the pastor and movie executive Devon Franklin and his wife Megan Good and his dear accounts and practical advice on how waiting for everything from dating to sex can transform relationships and like your life basically because it's not just about waiting for sex or waiting and not having sex it's about sex and every other part of your life that waiting can impact basically nice nice before we get on to what we liked about the book we just wanted to do a little disclaimer, especially for Haram Police. To be honest, part of the reason why I wanted to record this episode is for Muslim Twitter because I've never followed a group of people that are more obsessed with marriage than Muslim Twitter. If you actually know it's okay. Anyway, our disclaimer is the way that Devon Franklin and Megan Good obviously define celibacy is not what's the word that I'm looking for? Compatible with our Islamic values. That's true. So even though like for them celibacy it was about not having sex before marriage, These things like kissed. kissing, holding hands was still acceptable. The only thing that was off the table was sex. the sex, Whereas right? Islam, Whereas no, was even touch. Like no physical Other. contact. Basically, yeah, like start. exactly. No physical touching, none of that. So we just wanted to give a little explanation. Yeah. Um, but it's still like a really amazing book, nonetheless. Like um, that little point aside. So, what did we love about, about the book? book? I feel like I've got to tell my little story. Okay, go on, tell your story because I actually know about the book because of you. So yeah, um, go for it. Was it two years ago? Yeah, it was. Two yeah, years okay. So two years ago, I was on a residential program, and I think it was like in the evening because I used to watch Opus Sports on Sunday like every time and I must have missed it that weekend because of the program and then I was watching it during the week and I was just I just loved both Ooh. of them I didn't know I didn't know a single thing about either of them I until knew that Opus Sports Sports good, but I didn't know I didn't know who she was thing. yeah I think because I used to watch Tyler Perry movies and she's featured in quite a few so I've watched Jump in the Broom before I knew about okay. her so I kind of knew about her yeah but I didn't know about Devon Franklin and yeah. when I knew him I was like oh Oh my god. God. It was like bae. Beautiful <laughs> goodness. Just in like in his right. essence, but we'll Actually. go we'll go further into that. But then after I watched it, I was just making notes and I just thought, whoa, this is a lot of gems. So many gems. That Oprah Super Sunday, if you can find it online, I'll definitely recommend watching that before you read the book. Because it's part of why we decided to buy the book. That's true. Anyway, I was spending the weekend with Saad and I was like, there's a video we both have to watch. Literally and <laughs> And let's watch it. And that's how our love of yes and yeah I bought literally bought it in the same day but yeah so that's how we read the weight and never looked back since this was our second time reading it for the book I'd read it every year if I have to I, guess. I think it's a book that it teaches you it teaches you more than just about the weight yeah even if even if after I've gotten married and I've had sex and stuff like that okay. I would still find myself fully launch into that yeah but I mean like I would still read the book because. There's a lot of things that they talk about in terms of discipline, discipline yourself, getting yeah. to know yourself better. I think if, for example, you're in a relationship that's you're married to someone and your relationship is like dying down, that's another way that you can build your relationship back up. Mm. So you do a self-search. Am I working towards why I should be working towards? Is that why? I don't know. Like, am I being the best person I can be? Is that why my relationship is failing? And then yeah. from knowing yourself better you can start to work on your relationship again. So I'll definitely read it again, even after I get married. I think every time, like the second time that I read it, I just thought, oh my There's something different. There's something different. It's true. Not that my life has changed in, the, in that period of time. So mm. like, oh. <laughs> but <laughs> there's like, there's just new gems that you discover. Mm-hmm. And I love, by the way, because I think because it's written by both of them, you, you would think it's autobiographical, but it's not really. It's not. They're, like their own It's not story, really about them. It's, it's not about, about them. The, the weight and the advice that they give. And then there's little bits where they give example of like yeah. their relationship and how they practice this thing they're which talking was nice. about which was very good I liked, I liked some of the the therapy sessions mm. I liked some of the one about the online like website thing and how people say they're taking the romance out of their relationship that's conversation for later because I've discussed that with people <laughs> same and some people like having um 
like going to a counselling before getting married is a bit too intense. I'm not joking. We'll get into that later. But yeah, tell me what else did you love about the book? It's one of my favourite books of all time. I think because I think it's very important for people of this day and age. I remember when I was reading, I was like, we either need a Muslim version of this book or yeah. Muslims to just read this book and like know obviously what part applies to their religion mm. and what doesn't apply to their religion. I think we're so in need of this book. Especially in this day and age where everybody's dating everybody, everybody's ah. in a relationship with somebody. Mm. Please, thirteen year olds in a relationship. I Fourteen year primary school student. You know, oh my and God. they have you know, my family friend. Where is one of that? Interesting story. One of my family friends. She's in year eight. Yeah. And she came out from school. I think it was like two weeks ago. No, actually last month. And she was like, and one of her, one of her classmates in year eight. So in year eight, you're twelve years old, by the way. Got kicked out because it's found that she was pregnant. Eh? And I was like, what? I said, ask, ask, because how old are you in year eight again? Because I'm so confused. You're already sexually active. Yeah. I think actually that's that's a really good story because I think part of the reason why I wanted to talk about this book is that we can't ignore the reality that even though, like, on the surface, it looks like, why would we as Muslims read the book? Because we're on compulsory weight anyway. Like, but I think we have to acknowledge the reality that for a lot of people, including Muslims, waiting before marriage is, like, a thing that has gone out the window. Oh, my God, let me tell you People think you're weird when you say you're actually waiting. I'm not joking. I've had conversations with Muslims who have said to me that they, want that they don't want their husband to be virgin. And that so concept does not make sense to me. Because, because then he's not a virgin, then that means he is. He's broken yeah, up love. Yeah, yeah, and it's just yeah, like, so why would you want your... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know why it's funny? Because I'm like, it's one it's thing. It's one thing for someone to have a past. And like they seek forgiveness, class, that's it, that's done. It's for you to intentionally want it, you want it basically. That's a problem. I just thought that's a bit weird, isn't it? So it's like our even our cultural attitudes towards celibacy as Muslims, sometimes it's all over the place. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's even talked about, but I feel like because people treat like sex as a taboo subject or topic. Mm. So it's not being talked about, but people are doing it even though they're not married and no one's having the conversation, so that's yeah, I've never so, had the talk with my parents, and inshallah, I, don't I hope I never ever. Just with Anna Jamal, it's just never a thing. I don't know how that's gonna go. I don't know how that's gonna go, but I don't mind. I think I openly had this conversation. I remember I was at my fr- cousin's house there, like, <coughs> two weeks ago, and she was like, "Why are you not praying?" And I was like, "I'm on my period." And she's ten, and all this is talking. She's like, "Why are you talking to her about those things?" I'm like. It's a part of your body that she's going to go through. She's a, she's a girl. She's 10 years old. She's smart. People at age 10 watch a lot of stuff that we don't know they're watching. So I might as well talk to her about period now. Mm-hmm. I mean... Especially when you consider, which, okay, I feel like we've already started talking about that, which is good. But if you think about the shows that are on now, the music, Mate. every Actually, everything in our my culture is sex-driven. Someone told me, it's not even one of my cousins or family friends, someone, but I know that person was young. I think mm. the person's I, between... 12 and 14 years old and the person told me I watched all of season 1 of Empire and I got bored and I said you what? (laughs) (laughs) no seriously I was shook I said you what? (laughs) because even Empire I couldn't deal with season 1 because I was like this is too much for me you know me I already I hate like series or movies that have like those dirty I just can't do it even though I know you can fast I can't do it so when she told me she was like what? I think it's like we have to reassess things because sometimes like on that subject, because that that child is obviously really young. Because sometimes He's young, it's often fourteen. You know I mean? Because sometimes I find that a lot of like um, a lot of Muslims get really panicked about sex education when it's happening in school. Mm-hmm. And like I completely understand the reservation because you don't want them showing your child like things that are obscene mm-hmm. that they should not be seeing. But how about but you just ask for the curriculum so you know what they're teaching your child before they teach your child? That number one and two, are you having, having that those conversation? Because if you said they don't have well. it in school, then. They will probably be having it with their friends, mm-hmm. or it will be prompted by something that they've heard know, or watched. Which is why I feel like parents, I know it's awkward, but if we had started having this conversation from a young age, it would mm. not be so awkward right now. It's awkward now because you're not, you've never had a conversation with parents before yeah. about sex and stuff. But I feel like if it's like growing up, you guys have had that conversation, then perhaps now it'd be like, okay, we have a good relationship where we can talk about sexual relationships. Mm. And that way, if they talk to me about it now, then it's not going to be awkward. They don't tell you anything about sex. They just like, they tell you to get married and then you get married and you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> no, but I'm serious because that is a big part of getting married. Do you, it's a blessing yeah. from, sex is a blessing from God. So if that's a big part of getting married, but we don't have any conversation about it, what do you, parents actually think children are, are, are dumb. They're not, no one's talking to them about it. Yeah. And they're not doing their own research. Two points there. Really. One, like, when you think about the prophetic model and the fact that women actually felt comfortable 
or like people like oh my love a piece of him yeah. felt comfortable talking to us about him because there was a whole was like issue about the anal sex stuff yeah, yeah. they had imagine they went they felt comfortable and so, i think now we've become so i think there's a respectful way to do this please. that is in line with our beliefs and our principles mm-hmm. that like there's a way for you to talk about this without being basically don't make it very yeah don't make it so like vulgar like, that's the word i'm looking for literally but still make sure that you're not bringing up children a, that are unaware because they're not really unaware you think they're unaware but yeah. they're not i remember when i was in year 10 so we get up this i found the class and she had done it in an app that had different sexual positions i'm not joking she done it in an app yeah. in year 10 children are growing up really fast nowadays so what even prompts your mind in year 10 age 14 to say okay let me look for this thing and i think the way it's presented as well is so important okay one thing that i really loved about this book that devon franklin makes very clear like in explaining the way in like the logic of not having sex before marriage Mm -hmm. i think as religious people sometimes people have like the way people present it is like religion or islam in particular is anti-sex when really i feel like our religion is the most sex positive religion yeah, ever because of that yeah. hadith of you get rewards because you're doing it in a wife. way that is lawful mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we have such but a then, yes we have the hadith that says it's a blessing but at the same time the way the parents are always like you must not go near a guy like the way they make it seem like oh in islam if you touch a guy if you have sex you you're in trouble <laughs> literally but then it's like you should tell them that it's good and God has blessed us with it's just like there's a time and a place for this thing as with everything else literally and that's it but we're not there yet to be honest I don't even know like if you think about it it's fun like we're obviously at that age where we can have children actually our mates have children please our mates have two three kids yeah let's not talk about that would you feel comfortable at this point having that conversation with your child yes we're going to ha- please that's really because good. I know what people are watching yeah. so I might as well have a conversation with you from a young age then have someone else tell you okay and then my child will come and be telling me about the Kama Sutra so that's apparently <laughs> a book about sex and stuff as well so imagine your child knowing all of that you didn't know anything and if a lot of parents think that you're not innocent and they don't know that Mate. it's another world Mate. i don't know i don't mm. Mm. okay i think yeah i think especially with the world with the world of like pornography <coughs> stuff. so just to to prevent all of that stuff yeah I just think it's important to have a conversation. conversation. Even stuff like masturbation, we should talk mm. about it. Because people do these things. Yeah. Maybe some people even brag about it. So therefore, you should... You have to talk about current topics that are relevant to people's lives. I think. I think or it's like important. The issue... Because if you don't tell them, your kids will learn from their friends. And what you're learning yeah. from your friends is definitely what... You know what's an interesting stat? I remember it was like when I was interning um, that we found this. That the countries with the highest statistics of porn... Muslim countries. I would not be surprised. I know. I would not Which be surprised because of the way we make sex seem like it's such a fire within that you can never reach. Yeah. Therefore, they just want to satisfy themselves. If you go to one extreme, you push people to the other mm-hmm. extreme. So, mm-hmm. like the middle path, which is the part of our prophet, is the way to go. Right. Is religion anti-sex or anti-sex? Is my I feel like we talked about that. But it's not meant to be. Yeah, I mean, we did. We mentioned it, but I'm just one cent, one liner. Is religion anti-sex? No. It definitely isn't. Yeah, and they emphasize creation, like procreation mm. in like in the Bible and in the Quran they emphasize the act of procreating and that happens through sex. So it's not meant to be something that's not to be spoken about, not yeah. to be done. Exactly. Even Allah like writes about it in the Quran. Yeah, it is. It's so. in the Quran. So it must it's a blessing, it's a good thing. Let's get better. Let's be better at explaining it to our children and let's like obviously try to restrain ourselves as well. Okay, so now let's go through Devon and Megan's story. Dun, dun, dun. And then, okay, let's start from the beginning, which is that Devin Franklin, I think he grew up in a ministry, didn't he? Yeah, so he grew up in a ministry. And so he wanted to be celibate. Mm-hmm. Age and 19, because he said he wanted to be a pastor, isn't it? Yeah. No, that's not the story. He wanted to be celibate because he knew the life he wanted to lead. So No, that's, oh, I'm getting there. Okay, go on. Okay. As in, life got in the way, and obviously there was a period mm, yeah, of time true. where he wasn't celibate. That's and then, you know. Oh, yeah, and then he said that. He felt like he was living a double life. So yeah. Like, how can I be saying I'm trying to live a life to please God, but I'm doing other things behind closed doors? So he felt like he had two identities. The pe- the private devil was different from the public one. And he knew that there was no way he would get what he didn't think would get God's favor, highest mm. favor, if he continued to live such a double life. So yeah. he decided to remain celibate, like, to the core. That was the moment he got me. I, I love that. Like, oh, I mean, what he sit down and intention. think like that. Literally. Yeah. Integrity. Do you remember the explanation he had about, like, um, how God can have a plan A, B, and C for you. And you want God to always give you his plan A. But for you to get God's plan A, you need to be 
always working hard and doing the best you can and being the best person you can because think about some blessings that God will never give them to you when you're not ready and that's so true there's some things that God could give to you but because you're not in the right state of mind would you take care of this thing the way God wants to take care of it that's so some people feel like they have delayed blessings in their mm. life but it's like it took you so long to get to a point where you're like okay I'm looking after myself now yeah. I'm looking after my well-being now I can actually do this thing and it was like it wanted to be in a position where you could always get God's plan A and like imagine that mindset though okay you know what my Friday favourites was going to be this week except for the fact that I got lazy <laughs> it was does your work ethic match your aspirations and the That's reason why question. because this week I was like Lord sometimes you pray for things but you should also be praying for God to prepare you for what you want That's true. because if you're praying for things but you're not and you're not ready, ready to handle it, it's to like, it. Oh, and I think sometimes in like because of the way we romanticize marriage like mm-hmm. marriage is the ultimate thing everyone wants to get married but where is the effort to prepare to That's get married it's not a joke no, I'm not it's even actually joking. not you know, a joke don't even, people don't even talk about the concept of preparing to get married people don't talk about it it's like people don't think it's a thing like, from A to C and it's like, you just be just like nah man there's people something in the middle about, literally I think I was talking to somebody about how like I'm reading a lot of books on marriage and then the person must have been like why are you reading about it I'm like what are you gonna go into blind mm. <laughs> It, it, it doesn't happen like you should try I mean you can't know everything that's for sure but mm. you should give yourself a bit of knowledge it's, I feel like people don't like prepare themselves for marriage I think it's one of those things that it's, it's like you're like oh I'll get married one day yeah. maybe people prepare in the sense of can I cook can I not cook but there's more to it than that it's like yourself like you prepared yourself exactly. your character and then again people have the mindset of that the husband is going to complete them hey. so some people don't bother working on themselves <laughs> God, <laughs> I reject it. That whole concept. Like, God, like, meant to compliment you, not like complete you. But then people think it's complete you. And you know how there's a misconception with the half of your DNA thing. When people thought that it was like a half thing, half thing, make it one. So you can't I was a whole like, human oh, being before he met me. Basically. <laughs> and I shall be a whole human being. Literally, literally. You want two whole human beings coming together. I know. Not I know. two people. Half and half. Oh, uh, you know, one question. I would say, like, if someone can't. Un- answer the question what makes you happy That's i don't think it's possible because if you think that the person that you're getting married is the one that the, will bring happiness into your life like, human beings are very very fickle and human work. beings change i think that's why people a lot of marriages feel because a lot of people have high aspirations of their spouse mm. and so the moment they get married and the person starts to flow they can't take the heartbreak they can't take it because they've always expected this person to be there exactly and the moment you do something wrong it's like no but you're supposed to be perfect it's supposed to complete me and then that's a different problem. It dashes. Yeah. Hurt. But yeah, that's let's cool. talk about, go back to the sympathy. Wow. Okay. I'm preparing for marriage. Because obviously, like, he wasn't even thinking about marriage at the point where he was like, I'm going to be celibate. But, but that is part of the preparation. Actress, that, right? Yeah. So he said he wasn't going to marry an actress. So look sure. what God did. Good he ended up marrying. No, it's how a lot of times where it's like, I don't want this. I know. And then you end up marrying that thing that What's you What's on your want? list though? I don't want. Let's not talk about this. <laughs> Guys, I was saying because I would. Oh, oh no, 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 that's oh, true. Actually, but apparently, you should have a list of things you want and things you don't want because it's good as well. It helps you. I'm so superficial, but height is a huge thing. No, height is actually a huge thing for me as well. I'm the, you know, I know, I know, I kept saying that, that my max, I actually have a maximum height because, like, I don't want to be too, too tall. And that's, that's, it's not an issue, but it's an issue. Even for the soul girls. But I was saying that I want it to be max, max, maximum 6'3, maximum, mm. right? But I just want you to be taller than me. I don't care if it's like one inch. I mean, I want it to be more than one inch. But I don't care if it's like one inch. Just be taller than me. Uh-huh. Anyway, the whole point of this is that sometimes you're extremely focused on the packaging and you no, lose sight of God's blessing. That's true. And I feel like, no, but then I feel like there's sometimes where, yes, you have all these things, but then when you meet someone, even though they don't meet some of your physicals, their character already like yeah. make them look better than. Like better than I guess still they've looked if and character is what makes marriage by the way because I'm like sometimes that gets lost in translation that's true your beauty will fade you know when someone's like oh someone's handsome I was saying you're bashing like is it beauty that we eat because it's not a beauty that someone will eat I know it's the character that you're living with my question for you is if for example god forbid he gets into an accident he gets disfigured will you stay or will you leave that's the question because why did you marry him for for the what did you fall in love with the looks of the character or the essence of a exactly. human being. So let's say, let's say your husband doesn't have a beard. <laughs> I think this is the end of this podcast. <laughs> okay, 
can't. We're getting, we're getting distracted. So I'm sorry. Much. Okay, we were talking about um, Devin being celibate and then meeting Megan. And Megan celibacy Jenny as well. Okay, so she used to be in a relationship, but she said she was in an abusive relationship for years where they were both emotionally abusive to each other and it wasn't good. And she just felt like she needed to fix her relationship with God. So when she broke up with the guy, she was just focused on herself and just like getting better and not having sex. And she used to smoke. She used to drink and smoke. I think she mm. stopped drinking, but she found it more difficult to stop smoking. And she also explained why she used to smoke and drink. So basically, she was a child. Um, she's a child actress, and growing yeah. up, she dealt with a lot of stuff. And then she used to seek comfort in smoking and drinking. But when she decided to like fix her relationship with God, um, and become celibate because she wanted clarity, mm. um, she was able to stop drinking, but she was still like struggling with the smoking part yeah and they met on the set of jumping the broom i think devon was like the director or something or the producer or be or the producer and she was um she was one of the main characters actually because i remember watching that movie such a cute movie by the way okay i haven't watched it it's quite old though yeah, 2007 2009 mm. anyways um so they met on the set of jumping the broom and i think she knew well she said god told her that he was going to be a husband but at the time he wasn't even really like thinking about it yeah. and he got subtle signs though like you know when she was in that when they did a premiere for the movie and she took a picture with his with his family, family. and they said and his brother yeah. i think his brother and his cousin said that that's his wife or something it was like nah his wife is not in hollywood or something like that yeah. they're just so it's fun like two people who are meant to be together i think i, I, like, I think they're meant to be together as well. i hate she, doing goals but did you see how we went goals. to uh, if we south africa to meet oh that's when i was like oh, god like, oh, oh, my, my hands won better be flying across the world for me too <laughs> flying across the world to meet <laughs> no i mean like okay take the take the money as out of it i think it's like the intention of it was my wife needed me no, at the time really so best believe i'm gonna be asked the question is like, how much did it mean to you for me to come over and she said it would mean a lot and he did it if you you could have said i'm not coming to have a meeting Smother. or something yeah i think it's because their foundation is so strong like when it we're is. talking about celibacy i think for both of them it's because they wanted to get their relationship with god right mm-hmm. i think that's the Before foundation got together of every and i loved the how they did like use romance or all those attractions that they had with each other to cover up the fact that they didn't actually work on themselves yeah before they got together. Literally. For example, you know how they did the online... So they did the online compatibility test yeah. and that also comes with, like, counselling. And they could have just said, oh, because we searched to each other and I think she's the one for me, I'm not going to do that, mm-hmm. right? But they still went ahead and did all of the best that they could in that relationship. I thought that was very important. Wait, I'm trying to find the code. And I admire them for that. Because it was something like, what's, um, what's attractive about not knowing the person that you want to marry? I know, I know. I was like... Man, when I read point. that, I said, "That's such a good point." You are so on the ball. I think what I loved about um the book, actually, I forgot to mention, was that um the part where um Megan was telling Devon how like she's so surprised how by the second date he she feels like he's one of the few people that knows mm. her so well, and he said to her, "God doesn't show your heart to everybody; he only shows it to people he can trust with it." Like, how beautiful that is, is that? So and you know what that made me think about? How there's some people that you, in life, growing up, I mean, there are some people that I was like, I just want this person to know that I'm such a nice person. Yeah. And they just don't know. And they're like, why, just, why didn't they know? But then I realised, maybe God didn't want them to know because they're not deserving of knowing that you're a nice person because That's they probably deep. take advantage of you. Like, they took it seriously. They, they took. I think they took the whole process very serious. From the beginning. And it wasn't a flimsy... From the beginning. It wasn't a flimsy. Like, I remember <laughs> one of my checks, he was like, I don't understand how... Okay. I'm not trying to reel on people's time frame because I understand this can happen differently for different people. Mm-hmm. But he was like, you can't get married to someone within three months of knowing them because you spend longer time researching the university that you're going to spend four years in. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to like spend time really trying to uncover I mean, I the different aspects. That she met in December, in exactly. Like April, so, so I think it works differently for different people. I think differently for you, different people because you can only know so much about someone. Exactly, but doing that process, I don't you want have to be, to be intentional. Hey, God, let me see. <laughs> someone told me recently that a man was dating someone for 15 years and then he dropped her. You know P. Diddy and, got and Cassie. Let me, ah, God. Let's talk about that, but okay, yeah. And got married to someone else. Oh my God, didn't I tell you the story about the lady? She was dating this guy for 12 years. And then and what? she was waiting for him to propose for a long time, but he never did. And then one day, so that's a dress up. And that's a red flag, though. If you've got to be waiting for 12 years, I'm that's a red propose. flag. Okay, you're in a relationship. And then the guy now said that's a dress up. He's going to send the driver to pick her up. And the driver came to pick her up and was to his, to his wedding or something. <laughs> 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 Why do you find that funny? <laughs> so it's because how stupid the man must be. Does that make sense? <laughs> stupid. He's marrying someone else. And then he, he told the driver to come pick 
her up so she can attend his wedding. That's my point. That's what, it's I not an insane person that does that. I know, but maybe she, maybe she, I don't know, maybe that's his revenge or something. But you do revenge like that. That's mean. Oh my god, my psychology teacher in sixth form, she used to be so like um, angry like in class. And then I think we found that the reason why she shared her story with relationships because I think she was teaching relationships that year or something. Yeah. Her husband to be left her on the altar. Like he didn't come to the wedding and was that marrying someone else on the same day in a different church. Nah. Okay. That's I want to make another wicked point. Wickedness. I want to make okay, another point. Full I think when you're getting to know someone, either before you're married or the or when you're married, mm-hmm. it's so. And this is why again I say God is important. It's so important that you approach that with God consciousness Literally. because you There's whatever it is that you not do, do in life will come back if you're to God you. Conscious. Exactly. Because another advice that I got is like. Don't marry someone just because they memorize Quran. Please. Quran isn't a measure Please. of God consciousness. Literally, if someone's fearful of God, even if they don't love you after, you would divorce them without hurting them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes mm-hmm. you go into things People and want intentionally to mm-hmm. start to hurt each other, which mm-hmm. is scary mm-hmm. to me. It's actually no God consciousness is key because you may you may not even know how to read the Quran, but if you're always God conscious. There's so many things that you would not do because you're God conscious so because people... you know that God is watching you. Yeah. You know that there's repercussions for your actions. I think you know you be accountable. It's same God consciousness. That's it. I remember when I write my prayer, like who I want, it's always someone who is conscious of God. Like someone is living a God conscious life because when you're God conscious, everything else falls into place. In my opinion, I mean, you might obviously sleep and make mistakes, but because you're God conscious again, you always come back and sleep. Which is also okay because you're not seeking to marry someone that's perfect. Mm -hmm. Which I loved about the story. Like remember the um, therapy session and the smoking. That was so. That was such a beautiful teaching moment. I love. But then I was like, that's so good though. Because I'm I'm glad they (laughs) shared that with us. Yeah, they could have not. They could have gone about sharing it. Uh, okay, we need to like explain what the story was. Okay, so basically, um, they were having a therapy session, and I think. Devon, like, he had a problem. They're already dating, so they're a long way along the line Literally, now. They're looking very, to get married, but this is doing a therapy session yeah. here. So he must have blessed out that I'm not going to marry a smoker. I, I think the therapist asked, smoking. how do you feel about Megan smoking mm. or something? And she was still smoking at the time. I think she said she was thinking about quitting, but she wanted to do it in her own time. Yeah. And for herself, not for anyone else. So when he blessed out that I'm not going to marry a smoker, she was she was taken aback and like for the rest of the session she wasn't like feeling okay. But then they went to dinner afterwards and I liked how they talked about it. So she was like she didn't like the way he just said that and he apologized because the way he said it as well was obviously like out of order. And re- yeah, it was awful. I'm not going to marry a smoker like Um but I feel like it might have been because it's probably been on his chest but I didn't know how to approach it. So mm-hmm. the moment that lady was like how do you feel about her smoking? That was the first thing that came up with Martha's. I'm not going to marry a smoker. But she stopped smoking. Yeah, because they help each him. other. Exactly. And I think that's what a good union does. It brings two imperfect people together mm-hmm. and, and it helps you, you both willing to, to blossom. Literally. And you have to be both willing to communicate. And do the work that's required. What makes it's not a one-sided <laughs> thing. Communication is key. As in... You know, I was talking to someone about this, how, like, because there's some people I know who, if, for example, not even just your husband, anybody offends them. Yeah. Rather than just being straightforward and direct, he did this to me. Nope. Silent treatment. And just ignore. Just ignore them. Some people don't talk to their husband for a week. Or some husbands don't talk to their wives as well for a week. And I'm like, do you know how much it would take away from you to just say, you did I'm this sorry. to me? No, you know, before you even get to, I'm sorry, <laughs> you did this to me. Because some people don't know what they do. I yeah. don't like being put in a situation where I have to be back in my brain for what I did. Mm. I hate that. And I don't like putting someone else in that situation. Yeah. So the moment someone does something to me, even if I don't want to tell you, like, face to face, I'll text it to you, bro. I'll write a paragraph, mate. I do. I'll go yeah, on the yeah, section, <laughs> section one, but then I let it write in it on, on my phone because it gives me space to, like, be, to have empathy and compassion. Like, I can rewrite it and say, okay, this is not nice and all that stuff. But still, don't leave people hanging. Like, it's so important in a relationship. Mm. If not, your relationship is not going to go anywhere. And hypothetic is different from experience. I'm sorry. Because sometimes you think, oh, if I'm in a situation, I'm going to deal, deal with it like this. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to how we romanticize marriage. So you think, oh, if I'm like married, mm-hmm. I'm going to be this ideal partner. But you have to be mm-hmm. thinking, how are you dealing with situations right now? At the moment, literally. Because, because that's exactly that you how you're going to is what is going to reflect mm-hmm. in marriage. And I think it's okay for you to be like, okay, maybe this area isn't as good as I want it to be. Yeah, but I'm working gonna, on it. Yeah, work on it and try to make it better. Okay, now we're back after a quick short break. And our first question is, why is the weight such a powerful principle? I think it's powerful because... Which is the celebrity. 
Yeah, which is this, like this part of like waiting to have sex. And then it's very important because we're in a day and age where instant gratification is like a thing. Like everything you want is in your, it's like your fingertips. Like, mm-hmm. right, before, you know, for example, I wanted to do research or something and there was no Google. What would I do? I'd go to the library. Mm-hmm. I'd take out textbooks. That's I'd spend hours. Life. And like you, we kept, you have to be disciplined to be able to get through life. But now you can just go on your phone and type in and the answer's there. So people are so used to getting what they want when they want it mm-hmm. that they find it so hard to wait. And what the wait teaches you is it helps you develop the act of, um, what's it called, delayed gratification, which is very, it's such an important skill in any part of your life, mm. really and truly. Because how do you survive without delayed gratification? You know, I, I finished reading The Defining Decade and it was really, there was a section in it that was really beautiful about like how young people, when we're at this stage, is when um, the emotional part of our brain or the desires part of our brain is overriding a lot Literally. of things and then I remember that hadith subhanAllah about the seven people that will be under the shade of Allah because I always thought like why were young people there I mean obviously not that we shouldn't be there but I just always thought like, why, why were young, young people, people and then it made sense because for you to override a huge part of something that Allah like has put it that takes a lot, of- a lot of discipline and a lot of brain power it's mm-hmm. like a lot so it's like if you're this book wasn't just about celibacy, it was At a all. lot about practicing the ma- Yeah, majority of the book is the areas of What you life. could have chosen this, you would choose to do better, even though it means that you'd enjoy the benefits later. Mm. It's like I feel like if you don't have if you cannot allow yourself to be a delayed gratification, you live a very sad life. For example, you apply for uni, you didn't reply immediately. Mm-hmm. You have to wait. Yeah. We didn't say because you don't want to have to wait and again to apply to uni. Or you apply for a job, but you can't get, you know, getting the first one you apply to. We didn't stop after you apply for one job because you didn't get the first one you applied to. It's also like mm-hmm. if you said you're trying to eat healthy and watch your weight or something, and then, but you really want that chocolate, and then you would, would you just give it? I mean, obviously, sometimes you have your days where you're like, uh, but mm-hmm. then if you're giving it all the time to your desires, then but- when would you go? Sorry, I think social media is wiring us for instant gratification. Of course. Think so. Of course. It's actually quite sad. <laughs> because the thing about social media is that when people need to also know that social media is a place where people put the perfect done version of everything. Mm. You don't know that uh, you don't know the amount of work that went into doing this thing. But people just think all oh, this is finished product and it happened like this. Happened like this. So people just want the quick solutions to and that's how people are taking advantage of it. So they market five ways to fix your life. I hate books like that. When you go to like the bookshop and you see it's in the self help section, five ways to you fix your life, five this like patience and discipline to change your life. Literally, Not like you need instant. to spend one month, at least one month on one habit. Imagine you can't change all bad habits at the same. Imagine all of that stuff. You need to spend Literally. one month, at least one month on one habit, and then it takes six to six days to master the habit, then choose another habit to work on. It's but, hard work. But then you get like all those books that tell you. If change your life in 50 days in 30 days in 15 like, minutes okay then thank you things like that you basically. Can hold your money. but I'm, hold i think book. these people are doing that because they know that that's what people are about mm. come on people got you to go and say how to do this in one in one hour ah, God. so because they know that there's a market there they make they're taking advantage of the market <laughs> that's me sometimes i can't even get to the end of the tutorial i'm just like can we get to the market <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, I think the weight is such a path for that reason. Another reason why I think it's a path principle, which you can expand on, is God. I mean, we've talked about it before, but I yeah. think it's God consciousness. From the moment you're choosing to wait, I mean, in Islam, you're meant to choose to wait anyway, but then obviously now that it's become a thing where people aren't choosing to wait, the moment you've chosen to wait, it requires God consciousness. So it requires you saying, okay, I'm doing this for the sake of God. So that's, I think you start with this, because you start with the sake of God. Everything that follows after most likely would be done for the sake of mm. God. And you can never feel when you're doing things for the sake of God. Being and that's why I like... Exactly. Living an Align your will with God's will. Well, literally. Because that's what you want. True. You don't want to be going in direction X and God's will for you is direction Z. When are you ever going to meet? That's the question. So I think God consciousness is another reason why the weight is such a powerful principle. So, Mahmoud, why else do you think the weight is important? Uh, okay, so we talked about um, patience and discipline as well. And how it just helps you to develop self-control. Patience is key. And I love, you know, in the book where Megan was like, sometimes they'll be in a day and they realise that things are getting too hot and they have to, like, stop themselves. Uh-huh. Or, like, they have to make decisions like, I should not wear this thing to my dates yeah. because it's going to actually, obviously, mean that the other person's looking at we me. We haven't talked about willpower. Oh, yeah. There's something important that they said in, about willpower in that book. They said, don't think that your willpower is infinite. Oh, oh what's that God, quote? when I read that line, I said, that is it. I can't remember what the quote is. This one is also important though. The, this one kind of links to it. The one where he said, know your triggers, avoid setting yourself yes. up for failure. It's not the act of sex that's the problem, but the moment leading up to it. You can't stand next to the tracks and then pretend you're not trying to catch a train. Are you kidding? No, can we read that again? 
Know your triggers. Avoid setting yourself up for failure. It's not the act of success that's the problem, but the moments leading up to it. You can't stand next to the tracks and then pretend you're not trying to catch a train. What like what eye of the Quran does that remind you of? What are you looking at? Well, like the flowers in there. That's it. A lot of them say don't, don't have sex. Don't go near don't it. Don't go near it. It wasn't sex, it was adultery. Yeah, don't, don't call yeah. it adultery. It's don't go near it. Because it's a temptation. That's where it starts. And that's, and that's how Subhanahu like, she finally gets the best of people. Because it's like one little Literally, and the thing time, is, it's the listless of things. Oh, it texted me. Hmm, it texted me. And the next thing you know, oh, God, I'm going through so much stress. What should I call first? Oh, I'll call him. And then the next thing you know, oh, can Come up, I don't know, meet up, okay, you come to my house, I'm going through a lot. And then he's like, oh, he came to comfort me. Remember that part he talked about vulnerable people? Mm. People in there, when they're, in the, they're most, like, when they're going through a lot, that's not the best time to go and, like, comfort people. Especially if you're of the opposite sex, obviously, yeah. because that could lead to so many things. Um, you know how some people tell you that when they're going through a lot, they call their ex, and the next thing you know, that's how they rebound. Yeah. To sum up the benefits of the weight, the quote is, until you know and love yourself, it's hard to find anyone else to love you the way you deserve. The practice of waiting, choosing to wait for sex and denying instant gratification so that you can see clearly, make better decisions and position yourself for blessings is the key to finding not just happiness, but spirit deep. Um, they actually just, they had a lot of good things to say, a lot of amazing things to say. I feel like I highlighted the whole book. Like, same, yeah. same. But then I had to stop because like, someone else is getting to read this book, exactly. so I should have read No, I had a lot. Like I took a lot from that book. I remember I was making notes because they had some important questions as well that you should ask yourself yeah. or ask your potential spouse as well, which I thought were very important. So and and you know what? At the end of every chapter, they had a. Uh, so they would link the weight to something. So they linked mm. the weight to weight, like your body weight. They linked the weight to creativity. Exactly. They linked the weight to work. I think, and I think it the one the creativity one. The one was like how everyone. It's got a creative part of them yeah. and you can use this time where you're not seeing someone to learn more about yourself and your creative side to take up something new that you actually enjoy doing which is also true because some people are so are stuck in relationships that they don't get the time to actually discover themselves for themselves because there isn't a space between the breakup literally like, just exited this and then now a few months later then, literally and i think it's important like you just have the clarity to think for yourself like and you learn, learn from life. literally when you break up with someone learn from your previous relationship and then say Based on this and looking forward, what do I not take? What do I not want to take forward with me since I've learned this, this, this? But some people don't even reflect on their past mm-hmm. relationships. They just that's why they keep some people keep dating the same like type Patterns. of people all the time until they actually stop. I think Megan actually mentioned that Did that she, she realized that she had a, a pattern of the people that she ah, was dating. Yeah, and she had to pause and think and reflect that obviously you're attracting a certain kind of people because you're doing the same thing. You mm-hmm. can't do the same thing and expect a different mm-hmm. result. That's insanity. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So seeing as if you then decide to do the wait or to wait or to read the book, which I think everyone should read, there's the question of what do you do while you're waiting, which they touched mm-hmm. on in the book. So like, you need to have a list of what you want and what you don't want in your partner. So for example, what are the kind of things that people should look out for? I mean, there are some really good websites that have like a list of things to think about when you're like looking for a potential spouse and stuff. But what are like things that you think are key things that we should think about when you're looking for a partner? Okay, what are what are the things that to look for in someone or like in general, developing within yourself? Look for in someone. Um, I think God consciousness. And what's also important though is that when you're asking for something from someone, you should be working on it on yeah, yourself as well. You can't true. be asking for heaven and then just not be doing exactly. anything yourself, basically. But yeah, go um, on God consciousness. Good character, and I think it depends. Like in terms of qualities, what kind of people look for. So for someone, it might be like you're looking for good humor. You're looking for a good relationship with their like family. Mm-hmm. Um. You're looking for like compassion, vulnerability. I know emotional vulnerability. Emotional <laughs> openness. That's important. Um, what other qualities? So you know what? What was what the devil? Desire say? to learn and grow. That's important. Feedback. Someone that's not someone that loves like constructive criticism mm. because that's the only way you can improve yourself. Exactly. Anyway. Good communication. True. <laughs> communication is key. <laughs> and I liked how they had a chapter for men and women as well. Yeah. So in the women chapter, it was like, don't um, think that your husband's here to complete you. And he was like, God's definition of your husband is that man who helps you to become the best version of yourself and wants you to, wants you to help him do the same. And it was also like, your husband is the man whose strengths complement your own, who brings out the best of your talent, wisdom, intelligence, and compassion. Is a man who will not diminish you to lift himself up, but rather takes joy and pride in your accomplishments, even if they exceed his own. That's a big one. That is ego. 
literally mm-hmm. I know some people will tell me straight up that they would never marry someone who earns more than them and if the person earns more than them eventually in the marriage they'll find a different job where they end more than the person and that's a problem because your ego can't be that fragile I couldn't even tell you because I earn more than you started for a new job where you want to earn more than me that's a problem because then are we competing in our marriage exactly. what is that like what's the what are we doing yeah, yeah. that's the thing so that's a beautiful quote. It really is. But then you also said about like be realistic with what you're looking for because, mm. as you said, do your package you know your your like list prevents you from actually finding the right person for you? Because if your list is set in stone, I mean it's good to have a list of criteria, but it shouldn't be so immovable that God cannot bring you a blessing, and you not see it, and it just go right past you because you're obsessed with the package. <laughs> literally obsessed. But then because sometimes we're so fixed and. Trust me, I'm one of those people that are like, oh, physical is very important to me. I have to be physically attracted to the person yeah. I want to get married to. But at the same time, I feel like you should not then say because you're looking for a guy that's as beautiful as so-and-so, you will not want to look at anyone else. Because mm. how long are you going to wait for until you find uh. this genetic in your life? <laughs> you just, I literally, in my head, I was thinking, I was like, I know it's going to drop it in. And you did not disappoint me. You did not. I was just waiting. I was waiting. Because he's like... <laughs> I didn't actually know my gaze. It happened to be in a movie. Okay? In several movies. Part of lowering your gaze, okay? I did lower my gaze, but it's one of those people that when you see him once, you can never just you cannot unsee okay. what you see. Okay. okay. Right. Anyways, um. <laughs> so for you, what are like major red flags that people should look out for in a relationship? Uh, major red flag if someone doesn't want to talk to your parents very early on. I'm sorry. Okay, so like sometimes, but I mean, some people date for years and then they don't. I did. I was actually talking to my cousin about that. Yeah. Whereas I was like, how some people don't tell their parents about the person you're dating until they're engaged. So I'm like, how do you get engaged with someone without knowing if their family will accept you or not? So what? In the very world? early on, your parents. Do you know? Like it's just. I think for you, it might seem like the basics, but then some people feel like some guys apparently say that the reason why you don't introduce people to their parents early is because they don't know if like that's the person they would be, and they don't want it to become them ones. So you've introduced so and so many girls to your parents, they don't know when you're being serious. And I'm like, why should you be introducing that many girls to your parents in the first place? Why should you even be with that many girls yeah. in the first oh, okay, place? Okay. I think this is an interesting point because we have to explain this culturally and Islamically, it's two different games. Fair yeah, and we're Nigerians, and I feel like sometimes. For some like Nigerians, mm-hmm. the whole like Walima, um, what was that Walima? The whole Wali thing is non-existent. It doesn't. So exist. it's a thing of I'll decide when I'll bring the girl. Over. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So then that's when you have a situation where it's like you're 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 okay. or you're apprehensive about bringing so many girls home because you don't want to. But then like, if you're dating a woman, just like what what are you doing there? What is that the essence? Like, what's the direction that you're trying to? Are you trying to get married? What are you doing? Always. Because why would you date someone in the first place if you're nothing but married? But then again, some people actually go into relationships without the intention of getting married to a person. I remember. No, I was at uni. My final year, one of someone I know from my uni, she was like, "Oh, she's dating this guy, but it's not someone she'll get married to. She knows that they're going to break up when we graduate." And I was like, "So why are you guys in a relationship?" It's like, yeah, but like, I was like, oh, yeah, but what? I'm not understanding. <laughs> but I feel like, I guess I don't understand because I just don't get the concept. But the people who would understand would probably be people in the same mindset where it's like, this is because dating someone doesn't mean you want to get married to them. So you're just doing it for the fun of it? Yeah. Who's got time? Is my question. I know. <laughs> it requires a lot of energy and effort to like try and get to know someone to that extent and be with them and want to and spend that much time with them to not think about ever wanting to get married to them that's like too much work sorry i can't do it it's a lot of effort too much too much work but yeah major red flags not on the situation grant. that's a big one i think mm-hmm. what are yours um for me it's like someone who let me see someone who doesn't have like compassion for other people so you know how there's mm-hmm. some people who like because they're dating somebody they'll be nice to the person but maybe an outsider bumps into them and the way they will switch and it's so weird they'll switch and they'll shout at you and they'll turn around and be like to you, are you okay love? And I'm thinking, sorry, what just happened here? So like, that's a big problem because yeah. the way he treats outsiders will be the way he would eventually treat him. So mm. he's just putting on the front. Or for example, if you were to go to his house, how does he talk to his siblings? Mm-hmm. Some guys are rubbish. Like, for example, if I went to a guy's house, I'm going to meet his parents' hand, like, it's like to spare his siblings or his mom, what's for dinner, what's for lunch? That's the problem. No, I'm not joking. It's, I guess it depends on the way you ask, though. Because some people are like, what are we eating? I see like they don't cook. Um, or people that would eat, and then guys that eat, or anyone that should eat, and then stand up, and doesn't think to themselves that they should pick up their plate, even if you're not going to wash it, which you should do, but even if you're not going to wash it, 
Pick it up and take it to the kitchen. No, uh-huh. them ones that they call someone to come up to come up and pick up their plates. <laughs> they just tell us Nigerians do that. I'm sorry. Are you kidding me? Nigerians do that. I'm like, you rich Nigerians, please. Who's coming to pick your plate? <laughs> because that just tells you that you're going to be in for some work in that house. You get my nice guy. The guy will be calling you. Call me. I'll come and serve my food. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm going to be Oh my God, which guy was it? I can't remember what. Nigerian artist. was nice. <laughs> That's it. It's worth us to kneel down and greet him. And Are you right? <laughs> That's a major red flag for me. What else is a red flag? Um, I don't know. It depends on the kind of friends. The friend that uh, the person I want to marry have is very important as well. Because the way your friend, you spend a lot of time with your friends. So your friends would obviously give you an insight into the kind of person that you are. Mm. And if your friends are some type of way, I think that could be a red flag, basically. Yeah. Depending on the kind of friends. Because I like, think about it as well. Like sometimes you will go through rough patches in your marriage, mm-hmm. and if you don't have good company around you, and it's going to be a problem. Maybe your friend, his friends, friends on the be like, oh, <laughs> "Feel it, darling." <laughs> and they're not. There are many people that give you sound that, advice. Mm-hmm. That's a problem, and those people potentially might be involved in your children's life as well. That's another problem. So you've got to be it? thinking about mm-hmm. lots of different factors, which I always say marriage isn't a joke. It's not, it's not, there's a lot going on there as well. Um, what else is a red flag for me? There's a guy, for example, you know how, some people said they started dating and it was halal at first, and the mm. next thing they said, oh, then how they became haram, eventually, I mean, that's how it starts anyway. And you'd be like, some girls would be like, oh, or some guys where they told the girl when she first heard it, and we shouldn't do this, mm. and they'd be like, oh, don't worry about it, God will forgive us, what's, what's wrong with you? Um, actually, one of my friends told me a story. She was like, she was with a guy, and the girl wanted to give her a hug, and she was like, no. And the girl was like, what do you mean, no? And that's a problem. That's In fact, a that's, a, that's a that's a red flag. That's an ethical relationship. That's a red flag, mate. Like, because this, these are things that you know that we shouldn't be doing, so why are you yeah. even encouraging? Like, maybe you, you slipped in mind, let's assume. So, the moment I tell you, oh, you shouldn't do that, shouldn't you then say, oh, okay. I don't think you should even be that comfortable for you to even be requesting. Like, <laughs> no, but some people have no issue. I mean, like, some people don't. Nah, some it's people like, they don't, what's the word? Mind your manners. They don't think about it. Yeah, but it's not going to think about it like that, though. If I'm already used to, if, for example, I'm used to going up with people who I give hugs, and all of a sudden I meet someone and it's, it's like, it doesn't do hugs. And it's because she's used to, he's used to, like, relationships where he yeah. gives hugs to people. For him, it's not anything, it's not even about the fact that it's haram to even touch People don't even process that anymore because if, if you've gone from, the literally, you've crossed already, you're already giving hugs to people. So the suppose don't even think, oh, touching someone that's not racist. They don't it's think about right. it like that anymore. Mm-hmm. I think the lines are like blurred, like it's gone, basically. So yeah, um, yeah. That sums up our red flags. Have you anything else? Um, I think, no, actually no. Yeah, that's fine. I think what's important to talk about, that I, thought, I felt like the way it's highlighted is that there's a big difference between similarity and compatibility mm. because you guys could have like a lot of things in common but it doesn't make you compatible which i think um i think if you read this book actually you should accompany it and um, accompany the book with what's that book called the five love languages i love the five love I, languages we should, we should we actually need to yeah but i think that it would be very good to go together because mm. then you can kind of like understand more about like the kind of person you get married to what they like their communication style slash love language and all that stuff because that's also important in building relationships not even with like a spouse but with other people like family and friends and stuff like that yeah, yeah so basically yeah. they did an online quiz online not quiz but because like online tests then and they asked you loads of questions and they generate a report and they used to you discuss the report with a counselor like we said before and they shared that with a couple of friends, like I think, or family friends or something. Mm. And um, some of them, people laughed at them. They're taking out the romance from the relationship. And then that was when it was like, what's romantic about not mm-hmm. fully knowing the person that you want to be with? Which is true. I th- yeah, it is. I mean, if you have the opportunity, it's opportunity to like know the person to the fullest, why not just go for it? Why are we acting as if it's meant to be some game or some puzzle? No, it's like it's, it's that straightforward. The tools are here. Why don't you make the most of it? Yeah, basically. Oh, and I just thought of something as well now. I think, like, it's obviously, I think one of the conversations that I have often is about people talking about how, like, the process of finding someone is really difficult, is hard. And I think that is true to some extent. Like, it is. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, it it can be a very long and full of a lot of emotional turmoil for Mm -hmm. people. Like, Mm -hmm. because it's just, there's so much things happening. And I think that's why, like, that reliance on God is so important and the intention. Mm 
that you have for like why do you want to get and married it's just that you are wanting to please almost fun talent mm-hmm. you want to like fulfill a part of so i think like it's just important to acknowledge that and then i also think like after getting married that's not where the work stops as well. that's where the work starts that's where the work starts and that's why it's so important to do like the foundational work because Absolutely. just because you met someone in a halal way and you went through the halal process doesn't mean your marriage is going to last. That's true. That's fact. That's true. So I think it's just important to be like cognizant of that's those things. I think that's before you even start looking for someone to be clear on your intentions. Why yeah. do you actually want to It's so married? important. I make God the foundation. True. Of your seeking and your journey. Do you actually, questions? No, before I do the question, this is an important question to ask. The conclusion of our conversation before we share some of the questions we found important in um, the wait. What are the kind of kinds of things you want to work on yourselves on ourselves before we get married? That's a really good question. I think for me, it's most important. Like I just think the state of my relation with Allah will be reflected in my marriage. That's Does that true. make sense? That's so true. the most important thing for me is: Do I have a solid relationship with Allah? That is very true. Am I someone that, like, would I want to be married to me? That's the question. Yes! <laughs> really, actually, no, because Wanda can't cook to save her. Because she can cook. Sorry, but not Excuse to my satisfaction. Me. Cooking so. is not yeah. why people marry you. Yeah, I understand that. But if I'm going to marry you, I'm there. I would want hey. you to cook for me. So if you're not cooking for me, then I'm not going to marry okay, you. Just saying. My husband is saying, I'm going to thank you very much. Yeah, that's actually um, basically a skill. Yeah, it's so, true. I do cook only when I'm hungry, but otherwise I'm just like, yeah, basically. Get up. <laughs> but yeah, um, would I want to marry me? I'm yeah, an absolutely amazing like, person. So. Making sure that you are. <laughs> wow, boost your ego. Boost your ego. It's not about boosting your ego, okay? It's the truth. <laughs> no, but I think just making sure that you're developing the qualities that you're looking for in someone else. That, that's very important. And I said, I never ask for things I cannot give to someone. So. Yeah. Because I think that's important. Um, so, God consciousness. That's key. I think um, one thing I'd want to work on myself is, before getting married, is, I don't know, because the thing is, I was, I've been thinking about this for a long time. I don't get angry, so I don't know how I'm going to be when, like, if someone was to do something that made me angry. Mm. And I actually want to figure that out. Interesting. I'm here to test that. No, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> no. Happily test that. Thank mm. you. I don't think I'd get angry. That's the thing. Yeah. But I guess I hope I never have a reason to get angry then. I can't wait to meet him too. Good. <laughs> I'm glad. Alhamdulillah. We both can't wait. Uh, Perfect. Some important questions to keep in mind when you're thinking about like when you're waiting and like working on yourself, which um they share in the book are how are some of my habits working against the life I really want? What have I been spending my energy and attention on and why? What have I been compromising to do? What have I been compromising to do that? So to spend yeah. my energy and attention on other things. What am I ready? To sacrifice, to become my best self. Do I need help making healthier choices for my life? This is so true because That's we true. do a lot of things and we do it in without thinking about them, but then we don't realise that we every action or decision we make in life actually affects the way we are and who we become in the future. So like we should try to make more conscious decisions every mm. single time. Even to as little as like the things that we're eating. Because when you continue to get yourself into the mind frame of always pause, which is mindfulness basically, pausing to make a conscious decision, you, you become like used to that habit. So everything you do, big or small, you stop and think about why you're doing it before you actually do it. Mm-hmm. And that gives you room to actually decide on whether it's good for you or not. Ah, on that question, I think self-assessment is one of the things that I really like, love in people. Like someone who's constantly suffering. not in a neurotic way, a reflective, a reflective person. person. So someone that like, sits down and really think about themselves. I think that's important. You know, people don't do that a lot. Just like thinking about, yeah, like I used to think it was a normal thing, but it's uh, not. Like a, a normal thing in the sense that like something that everyone did. Yeah, but it's not. It's a good skill. Well, I think it is. It is definitely, definitely a good thing. If you don't do it already, I think you should. Maybe even if it's just once a month, like. Yeah. At the end of every month, I sit down with myself and say, where was I last month? How was I? It's in every aspect of my life. And what can I do to make the next month better? It doesn't even have to be a daily practice. And understanding your identity before you get married is so important. I remember going to a lecture and said the number one reason why marriages break down is because of lack of self-esteem. That's true. That is Because if you don't have self-esteem, you can't articulate what you need. Because a lot of people are waiting for someone to like prop them up yeah which is they don't know what they want yeah spend time really developing a deep self-love of yourself Mm -hmm. through your imperfections because it when you love yourself through that's what allows you to love someone else that's true 
That is so true. So that's so true. Spending time with yourself, loving yourself, are. I think self love is important for you to get married. So important because if you marry with all these insecurities, you'd struggle. It will be hard. Any little thing that the person does in this, not aimed at you, you start to think it's aimed at you, and it's because of you, and that's actually too long mm. and a way to live life. So yeah, juicy topic. Okay. We're just going to have a quick run through through some of the quotes that we haven't discussed yet. First one. To be anti-sex would pretty much be the same as being anti-God. God created sex and we fully advocate the joy of experiencing it the way he intended. We've sort of touched on this throughout the Religion, podcast, yeah. but we thought it, would be, it was a good quote to share. Mm-hmm. Next one. We let things happen if we're okay with them, even if we wouldn't admit it to ourselves. Okay, I thought that was very profound because it's so true. There's some things that are like you know you shouldn't be doing. Yeah. And on the back of your mind, you're like, mm, I shouldn't be doing this, but you actually still do it, knowing fully well that it's not okay, kind of thing. Or like you'd be like, oh, someone your friend would be like, oh, let's go out to the party or something, and you're like, oh, she forced me to go, but you only went because. You wanted to go there mm. really and truly. No one can force you to do what you don't want to do. Understanding the freedom that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be afraid to lose him because if a man truly loves you, he's not going anywhere. Literally, I've always not understood the concept of having to fight for a man. Like, As what in, is that? The moment I have to even fight for you, mate, that's it. It's over. What's that? Fight for your love. Please. <laughs> um, but I think they, they said this quote in relation to like a woman telling a man that I'm celibate. And mm-hmm. then if the you man lose. sort of like pushes back and says, I'm going to leave you if you don't stop being celibate, then let him Literally, go. Literally. That's it. He doesn't even respect you. Exactly. Values. That's like, that's, uh, why. that's the worst. Um, what else? Unconditional love means accepting someone for who they are now, not who they hope to be. They will be one day, which is so true. A lot of people enter a relationship with the concept of like, hoping the guy will change, the woman will change. Or you're going to change him. Or you're, that's the worst. Ah, oh, God. <laughs> Mm. And then you keep trying like something you can never even achieve, like mate, no. Don't marry potential. That's what I'm saying. Don't marry a potential. Marry who you know. That's tip number one. That's tip number one. <laughs> um oh I love this one. It's important to come into a marriage already knowing who you are and not counting on your marriage to change or complete you. You should be complete before committing to someone who's going to compliment. That's so cute. Compliment. Compliment. No, but I think that sums up, like, what the book is about and what the way is about. Mm-hmm. Not waiting simply because you're waiting for someone to complete you. You know, I was talking to a girl, she's Asian, and she was like, well, she's South Asian. Mm. And she was like, how... Well, she told me this, I didn't actually believe that people actually had conversations like this. She was like, she knows people who, like, they just go to uni to get a degree simply because they want to say they have gotten a degree, but when they graduate, they're literally just waiting so they can get married. It's true, and I didn't know that people actually did that. Like, yeah. why would you go to uni just to get a degree and then just say you have a degree so you can wait and then get married? Yeah, it's But what's the point common. of going to... I didn't even know it was a thing. When she told me, I was like... Because education is important nowadays. So, like, people will do it. But then after, like, uni... But then they only go to uni so they can enhance their profile. Yeah. And I was like... I know. Why is I've that? Like, that uni too. is not worth going to just to enhance your profile, <laughs> mate. Anyways, yeah. Hey. No comments. <laughs> wait. The weight and creativity. Oh, yeah, there was this like, quote. It said, The core principles of the weight apply beautifully to creative people, quieting the mind, listening to the inner voice, letting go of trying to make things happen, doing other things to distract from the need to have results now, because that's what being creative is about. Like, there's a lot of delayed gratification, mm. mate. When you do that, you free your subconscious, where genius lives. That's when you can create miracles. And it's so true because it's not about waiting. For example, I was reading your blog, your Insta story about how you were like rewriting is where the magic happens. And it's so true because you can write, pour out a 10,000 word essay mm-hmm. right now, but is that really the 10,000 word essay you want to put up? Exactly. No, you probably have to work on it like five, ten times. Lit- that's it. It's actually not that process. To, I know because it's wanting to put it out there, put it out there. That's but not it. You no, put it, like, it's work on it work on it. I mean, it doesn't have to be perfect because there's no such thing as perfection, mm. but. Work on it to the point where you cannot work on it anymore, uh-huh. basically. And you let go. So, yeah, that's it for today's show. We yes. talked about a lot of things. Yes, we did. But um, our closing of show favourite... What is your favourite quote from the whole book? I think I had two. My first one was, can you make doing what's right more important than doing what feels good? I need that in my room. I feel like I was just about to say that. <laughs> I feel like I should put it on a frame and I should just put it there. like So that always reminds uh, myself as I'm walking up my room, like, make what's... Right, it's more important than doing what feels good. So Life principle. Literally, put that's it on your it. fridge, everywhere in your house. Like, I think that's something I would have in my house, actually, mm. now that I think about it. Yeah, this so one. And then the second one I had was, God, not man, completes you. And it's just so true. Ooh. 
drop. Literally, like, pen drop. You could have written just that line in, in the like, book. And mic drop. Yeah. Honestly, if that was like, just open the book at one sentence. God, not man. Completely. Literally. The <laughs> end. Because <laughs> uh, so much of society's, like, conversations during towards the fact that your husband's the one that completes you. Your well, husband's not, one. But, like, me. God created you with a purpose before you met your husband. Literally. And when you come together, and the other thing that I love from this book, purpose partners. True. Oh, I love... When you come together, your, your purpose doesn't your end. Purpose partner. Mm-hmm. Your partner and purpose. Literally. <laughs> and you're working together. You still still have your purpose, even after you get married. It doesn't just end. Like, you're still carrying and doing what you've been created mm. to do. So, yeah, what's your favourite quote? Beautiful. Mine window. is, you deserve respect, fulfilment, joy, and the kind of profound real love that only comes when you get to know someone's spirit. And when you love yourself enough to let them love you. I love you. that. Oh my God. Love, love yourself that. enough. Love yourself enough. That's the key though. Because you can't love someone if you don't love. In my opinion yeah. anyway. If you don't love yourself. That is true. What's the latest book you're reading? Um, so. Oh, Define a decade. Well you just finished it um, But. How did it go? It was. Oh my God. I loved it. I'm going to read it again. Same. 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 I'm going to read it I again just, before the end. I, it's one of those. We need to do it for the podcast. Of course, we so on the list. I think we should do it before January. We actually need to. Because that book was a huge awakening. It was. Not necessarily in the ways that I've discussed with other people, in different ways, but it was still a huge awakening. Like, I loved it. I'm going to read it again. Same. Same. I'm going to read it before December, so I think we should talk about it as well, before January. Actually, let's do that. Actually, that's good, yeah. Sounds like a good idea. That's a plan. And what's the latest book that you're reading? The Obstacle is the Way. It's the second time I'm reading it, Yeah. We'll see how that goes. I really yeah. like it. I think that's my favourite Ryan Holiday book so far. You know what? I said Hopstock is the way before, but I actually think Ego's the Enemy really? is another book that I need to read again. I oh really yeah, both it. of them. I want to read both of them that again. That book is powerful. But it is. It has, oh, there's a lot to unravel. You can't read really it at once and just forget exactly. about it. It's a lot to unravel. He writes like this, the people of the old times, mm. like Marcos Arroyes. Yeah. He writes like them. Really, like, you have one sentence, but you can write like paragraphs and paragraphs about that sentence. Yeah. So yeah. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Bookversation. We hope you've gained benefit from the discussion. And if you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to review our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever it is that you're listening to it, and share it with friends as well. Email us your thoughts at bookversationspod at gmail.com and let us know what books you want us to check out. Till next time, remember, remember to read. read. <laughs>